0: This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we've got all kinds of exciting topics for you. Um, having some serious internet issues today and am not going to be able to get up the little themes, theme song. But we're going to talk about a new crocodile that was found. actually had another dinosaur inside of it. We're going to talk about Valentine's Day Asteroid. We're going to talk about that space diamond. It looks like it sold for a huge amount of money. We'll look at a gold claim at Rebel Creek. We'll talk about hunting for Herkimer diamonds and uh, also Topaz and so much more. So let's get right into it. First, I want to thank everybody for subscribing and liking and sharing the podcast. Um... Our YouTube videos, joining our social media on MeWe, Parlor, Gitter, Rumble, and others. Whatever they are, I can't even remember. But if you look it up, oh, Facebook. If you uh, look up Radical Rocks, we're going to pop up in the searches. Um, pretty much that's all there is. Anything that it's a geode is our, our main logo. A very beautiful geode from New Mexico. Alright, so first off, we've got a huge dinosaur twice the size of a London bus. This is one of the largest creatures that roamed Spain um, long, long ago. One of the biggest creatures in Europe. You can go to dailymail.co.uk and you can read the article there in detail. But this huge creature weighed about 14 tons. Researchers have described the new species of dinosaur. Um, It's kind of a long-necked creature, a herbivore, weighing over 14 tons in the Pyrenees of Spain. And uh, it was purportedly or reportedly millions and millions of years ago. It would reach a length of 57 feet about twice the length of a classic double decker and 14 tons or 14,000 kilograms, about the same as 29 large, or 28 rather, large grand pianos. Um, The height of this creature would be at least two or three times as big as a uh, human. 57 feet. What else? They've got some pictures of it here. And it basically looks like a brontosaurus, like one you would see on uh, Jurassic Park. And uh, that is about it. I don't see any... Jonathan Chadwick is the one who published this. Next, we have a surprise fossil that ate... or This, this uh, fossil is being ate by sponges. Okay, So surprise fossil munching sponges found in the Arctic seafloor wasteland. So what they found here on scientificamerica.com is a colony of sponges in frigid ocean wasteland covered by year-round ice. Jack Tamisia reported on this, and it's very unusual. They found this huge area. Of these, uh, it looks. They said it looks like rotten raspberries, like uh, mold growing on top of raspberries. And what it actually is, they feel that uh, long, long ago, when there was these uh, volcanoes that are now under the ocean, or maybe they've always been under the ocean, about 200 miles from the North Pole, uh, just north of Greenland, they put a camera down there, and they've got some pictures of it here. These fuzzy garden sponges carpeting the tops of several extinct volcanoes like mold covering the carton of a raspberry. Some stretch more than three feet across, and these are giants by deep-sea sponge standards. Why there's so many sponges? They're really puzzled because there's no food for them to eat there, so they thought, but after they took one and uh, looked at it, They found out that these sponges actually live about 300 years. The average age of the colony was 300 years. And they survived for all this time down there in this marine wasteland. It says that usually they need a lot of uh, filter feeding. They're a filter feeding animal. They need sediments and food to be there. And in this part of the ocean, there really isn't any. So what did they find underneath it? is a huge pile of fossilized worms. These fossilized worms were the worms that would live around the volcanoes when they were smoking chimneys spewing out sulfur and heavy metals and very hot. Um, we can see some of these today. These very large deep sea worms anchor themselves to the seafloor with pipe-like tubes and um, Although they say there's no, none of these here at this place today, there are others that they see at these hydrothermal vents, which are basically submerged volcanoes. Um, at once, when they were active, created a wonderful habitat for these worms. So the sponges are living on those fossils. Crazy. You can read more about that. The article is quite extensive, and there is more details to it. Next, the U Arizona Gem and Mineral Museum is open and ready for a gem show. Um, This is off the University of Arizona website by Kate Minnan, and you can read about this. Um, The article is a few days old from February the 8th. They've got some pictures here with some beautiful displays of minerals. It's in Pima County Historical Courthouse. Um, It is their gem and mineral museum ready for visitors to come see just a few blocks from the epicenter at the Tucson Gem and Mineral Show. Chris Richards, University of Arizona, is cited for the picture credits here. But uh, it is a world-class destination to see minerals and gemstones. Uh, There's not This is not the typical museum on mineralogy, uh, a tongue twister there, gemology, um, because they have a lot of information here on how the earth is made up, um, more about gemstones and pretty things, how light is caught and refracted through their showroom lights has uh, been set up just, just perfectly or just as best as they can. And you can check that out if you want. Um, They talk about Eric Fritz. He is the museum's director. Um, He is the center of the gem and mineral universe, as it was, getting this all set up. The display has 2,200 gems and minerals that have been donated or on loan. The collection is more extensive than many visitors might realize. And uh, they have some of them here. They've got their own little Hope Diamond. This is the most precious object loaned to the museum. It's a jeweled tapestry measuring four feet long by three feet wide, made up of 35 pounds of gold, more than 26,000 rubies, sapphires, emeralds, and diamonds from all over the world, designed by Paris-based jeweler, uh, Chris Christophila. It took 10 artisans more than 18 months in the 1980s to complete this. There's a lot more information on some of these beautiful things that you can look at at this museum. Definitely something you want to check out. They've got a tapestry that's made with gemstones as well. Um, 35 pounds of gold in this thing. Amazing. Um, it just keeps going on and on. There's video. They've got extra information and contact it's located at 115 North Church Avenue in historic Pima County Courthouse. Very nice. Check that out if you are in Arizona. Next, our friends at Rockin' Jim tell us about hunting for topaz and diamonds. Um, Queensland, Australia, O'Brien's Creek draws fossiclers. Yes, out here we're rock hounds, but in Australia we become fossickers. I think that's so cool. Um, family trips for hunting topes and diamonds in Australia uh, are there. And uh, you can do this. The author, who I don't see cited here, just says by administration. These are emailed to me. I look at them for free. Got to get some coffee here says no matter what your age, you're gonna love collecting gemstones as they did north in North Queensland. This is something you can do. Thank goodness they have something nice going on over there with all the problems that's been facing uh, Australia and the protests and things like that. At least you could get away and go gem hunting. Um, let's see what else here says. Uh, They were eager to find Topaz and headed to another fossicking area called O'Brien's Creek, about 22 miles north of Mount Surprise and just over 400 kilometers or 248 miles from Karanis. So, these are some of the areas that they are going to find this Topaz. They've got some pictures of this beautiful clear to brown Topaz. They also have the atherton tablelands in the atherton tabletons it is a beautiful desert kind of area looks like out back there is areas where you can go fossicking and this will yield lovely smoky quartz crystals as well as topaz and aquamarine Um, you got to follow the signs Um, there's fields of sugarcane maize potatoes peanuts fruits and vegetables of all kinds in this area but you got to follow the signs that point you toward Herberton and Ravenshoe and enjoy the sight of the majestic wind turbine farm, uh, bird killers is what I call them, and the daring district of Ravenshore. So you can go there. Um, there's a hot thermal springs at the Innot Hot Springs, very nice place to go after digging all day. The route takes travelers through the Tin Mining District of Mount Garnet. The distance of 192 kilometers or 119 miles takes about two and a half hours traveling from Curranus. The next leg of the journey involves another 62 kilometers, 38 miles, southwest through the quaint town of Mount Garnet along Kennedy Development Road through the 40-mile Scrub with its unusual Queenland bottle trees, then it's westward to the Mount Surprise township. This road is the all-weather uh, asphalt, and the journey takes travelers another 40, or excuse me, 73 kilometers, about 45 miles. The final turnoff. There you are, Rockhounds, toward O'Brien Creek fossicking area, well identified in the western end of town, just opposite of the police station. They talk about some accommodations here, some of the activities that go on there. Yes, they have kookaburras there. That's always fun, right? Lots of wildlife and birds. Um, they have honey. They have uh, topaz digging. You want to get a lot of topaz there. Um, they use, uh says, Gym quality stones were plentiful and measured by a dinner dinner plate full in the early days of fossicking field. Constant picking over has reduced the fines, but you can still find some with a little patience. You will be able to find shiny chunks of topaz. Um, The authors here were able to do that, and uh, they have pictures of the stuff here. And that goes into some detail about Crystal Gully designating fossicking areas are signpost tourmaline gully crystal gully um, and these are on the western side of O'Brien's Creek numerous tracks lead to the sandy creek beds where fossickers are at work dry uh, sheath or dry uh, shifting of the sands through a screen of the creek will produce lovely topaz quartz crystals tin crystals rare aquamarines In the wet season, rain scours the creek beds, and sometimes more things can be found. Um, You might want to look around and move some rocks, look amongst tree roots, and other things such as that. Um, The article continues on that since 1968, the Australian government has uh, a permit to allow people to fossick for gemstones and gold. Most of these areas are on private land, and uh, people will allow this, provided they don't interfere with farming activities. There is a Fossaker's occur, license required in Queensland. About 75 um, Australian dollars. Uh, it says here about $50 available at the Department of Natural Resources. So that sounds pretty exciting. There's a lot of things to find there. It says if you've got a four-wheel drive, there are some other areas that can be accessible to you as well where there's blue topaz. Uh, McDonald Creek fields, also in the Blue Hills, that's where uh, McDonald Creek fields are found where you can find this blue topaz. Also, toward the track of Six Mile Creek area, there are some nice places to see glints of topaz sitting on the surface. And the locals say, hey, you better do some digging. and. Get into the gravel and you will find even aquamarine there. One crystal was valued between $1,200 and $1,800 as a rough specimen. That's pretty good for a day's work. Now the difference between topaz and diamonds is specified here. Obviously, topaz is quartz, um, diamond is carbon, diamond much harder, 10 on the hardness scale. Quartz being, uh, you know, probably six to seven. It's the silica, so probably around seven. So there's definitely a lot of differences between the two. But uh, there's some stories here about some miners in the nineteen, in the in the nineteen nineties and the nineteen eighties, where it talks about some of these, uh, the history of those that were digging up five carat, point three carat to five carat. Um, diamonds. 53 diamonds have been reportedly found in this area, O'Brien's Creek and the uh, Anger a Tin Mining Shanty Town and the Mount Surprise area. Here is where you might be able to be one of the lucky few. The Northern Diamond Property LTD reported that Up until 1993, 53 diamonds had been found in colors ranging from white to yellow, up to five carats. So there's other diamond stories here you can read about. They discuss diamonds. Um, The areas of Elizabeth and O'Brien Creeks are identified as being one of several where there was these river systems that uh, contained... Uh, All sorts of minerals, including zircon, monzonite, garnet, and gold. Elizabeth Creek is the only one known to date to potentially contain diamonds. In the 1930s, there was a lot of mining done through the alluvials there. And then uh, it kind of slowed down. And then uh, it just goes on and on about these diamonds. You can read this article. It's quite lengthy um, about topaz and diamonds. So check that out. Rock and Jim. You can go to rock, the letter n, jim.com, backslash on, hyphen the, hyphen hunt, hyphen for, hyphen then spelled out F O R, hyphen topes, hyphen and, hyphen diamonds, backslash, and you will find that. Now, what if you want to hunt Herkimer diamonds? Well, our friends at Rock and Jim have sent me another article that talks about Herkimer diamonds. They have a big black blanket laid out with all these diamonds. They're just gleaming and glittering. Very beautiful. If you've never seen a Herkimer diamond, they do reflect um, some different colors. Um, They're quite clear, quite shiny, quite beautiful. And you can go find these. Now, I don't see a person attributed to anything here, but there is a story here of someone becoming a Herkimer diamond fan. And, uh, you know, being a truck driver and getting around the country and being a rockhound, uh, found this passion for Herkimere quartz diamond. And they have uh, found and have in the basement of their home, about 1.5 million carats of double terminated quartz crystals named after the location where they're found, Herkimere County, New York, and the surrounding area. But New York New York, is the only place to find these quartz crystals. Examples similar to this have been found in Arizona, Norway, Afghanistan, Ukraine, and other locations. I've seen um, a spot out in the desert where there was some crystals that uh, were quite like Herkimer's. And I've heard of them also in Kern County as well, but never seen them, even though I spent a lot of time in Kern County. But these crystals he has stored... Um, and also found some in Utah. Rockhounding Memories he talks about here um, and has a book called Hunting Herkimer Diamonds where I guess maybe they give you some uh, pointers on how to do that and you can go and still find them today. There's a website www.herkimerrockstar.com there's a video where they have these diamonds and talk about them in some detail if you want to check that out. It looks like a YouTube video. That is about it for Herkimer diamonds. used to be you could find them right on the surface, but uh, now I think you would have to look around a little bit more and, and shift some of the sands and dirt to and look through several of them to find some good ones. FES Rock Studies of Rocks and Minerals. This is thecitizen.com, and um, the citizen writes here and has uh, some information for elementary schools. All third graders here were able to find out the unique characteristics of rocks and minerals, and this is a really great science lab. Um, Our young people need to appreciate that the things that are that they walk on, that they wear, that they use, all came from the Earth. Either they grew out of the Earth, they grew off of the Earth, or they were mined off of the Earth. And um, they will learn in these classes how to check the color, texture, luster, and hardness. Doing such tests as a scratch test and a streak test, looking for these physical attributes to be able to identify these minerals is a great place to start learning about rocks, gems, and minerals. Rebel Creek Gold Mine. This is a gold mine that uh, sold recently, and uh, I thought it was quite interesting. This was just a little 20-acre gold and silver claim on the uh, historic uh, Rebel Creek mine area. If you uh, are an eBay lover like I am, these mines pop up from time to time. It says, Rebel Creek Mine is a national mine which has the highest grade gold in Nevada history, one ounce per pound. That's insane. That'd be 2,000 ounces per ton. So, (laughs) I mean, that must be just like right on the vein or something, I don't know, that seems a little outrageous. The Rebel Creek and National Mine Districts have similar geological settings, are both on the western slope of the Santa Rosa Mountain Range. Um, This is Winnemucca area, you start there, you take the US 95 for about 50 miles to Willow Creek, And then head toward the upper Willow Creek. And this is that mining district and that mining area. Now, they said the Rebel Creek mine contains high-grade gold, silver, veins, and white quartz. Grades up to 20 ounces of gold have been reported in the district. The existence of steel, drill, and rail near the audit is a good sign. There's white quartz on the surface, and the audit was driven with good-looking vein. There was uh, significant dumps and ore piles in the area. Now remember, this mine has been purchased, but this area is what I wanna talk about. The area has many small volcanic intrusives that have generated the ore deposits and could be explored and mapped with modern, modern methods. Um, this has many professional properties around Rebel Creek Mine between the National Mine and the Ohio Mine along the northeast tend of the veins. The upside of the district is to find something similar to the National Mine. 1,500 ounces of gold per ton. Wow, that's crazy. The National Mine, that must have been something else. Reports on both the National Mine and the Ohio Mine mention significant parts of the mines are blind deposits that do not outcrop on the surface. National Gold Shoot was found about 40 feet below the surface. Humboldt County, Nevada is well known for large and spectacular gold deposits such as Turquoise Ridge, Twin Creeks, Lone Tree, Sleeper National and many others. Production began in the, Rubble, the uh, Rebel Creek District in 1875 with periodic production up until 1893 um, exploration was active in 1911. A world-famous geologist visited the area and started active mining 1900 to 1940. The Ohio mine, about four miles southwest of the Rebel Creek, was the biggest producer and the last active mine in the 1930s. The Ohio mine was developed by four levels. The vein was between three and ten feet thick, but averaged four to five feet. It was approximately three-quarters of an ounce per ton. The vein started out steeply dipping and outcropping on the surface. However, it changed to the north and become more flat lane. There may be several blind deposits in the district that do not outcrop. One report estimated that the Ohio mine contained 50,000 tons of ore. The original mines of the 1880s hand-sorted the ore, only shipped the highest grades because of transportation cost. The Ohio mine vein is similar to other veins in the district with free milling gold from oxidized pyrite and silver chlorites from Argentite and other sulfites. By observation, the veins in the Rebel Creek seem to be of similar characteristics. Rebel Creek District adjoins the National District to the north, which had a peak production of four million recorded production at the national mine was shipped ore values of thirty thousand dollars per ton that's fifteen thousand dollars per ton of gold when gold was um, twenty dollars an ounce. The national mine had so much high quality ore that a hundred per ton ore was thrown on the dumps and second class ore was four thousand per ton. The national mine produced two hundred and fifty thousand ounces of gold. There's a report called the Lindgren's Report on the National Mine. It's about 60 pages long and it has other, a lot of this information came from that. Regional geology, the Rebel Mine is located within the basin and range. uh, And that province covers most of Nevada uh, area there and consists of narrow northeast trending mountain ranges between flat and arid valleys and basins. It is on the west side of the Santa Rosa mountain range, which extends from Winnemucca to the Oregon border. The local geology is Jurassic and Jurassic shale sandstones that have been folded and metamorphosized. There's also several territorial grunderite intrusives associated with the ore deposits. The deposits are at the contacts between the older and the metamorphosed halo within these sediments the ore deposits are sulfite bearing white quartz veins lenses of quartz follow a foliation plates of metamorphic rocks much of the quartz is crushed and occurs in pods and other bodies larger areas of breakation are found within the vein material cemented by clear quartz within sheer zones. The Ohio vein was 4 to 5 thick and could be followed 2,000 feet of the strike length. Wow, amazing, amazing. The trend is 11 miles where the veins strike northeast. The larger northeast southwest tend from the Ohio mine in the south through the Rebel Creek and then the National mine to the north. The trend is 11 miles together and may represent a productive exploration zone. So a lot going on in this area. Very, very rich. They have all kinds of uh, reports on this. You could look this up. It did sell already, but I thought that Rebel area uh, was something fun to talk about for gold mining. Next. Gemstones that fell from space. Sells for $22.5 million. We talked about that black diamond auctioned off by the Dubai Company. Um, It is 555.55 carats. Um, It was named the Enigma by Sotheby's. And it finally sold for $22.5 million. You can look that up at playcrazygame.com and find out all about that. Valentine's Day. A asteroid trio is set to swing by the Earth on the Day of Romance. We know Valentine's Day has passed. These three asteroids flew by the Earth. It wasn't Cupid's arrow. It was these asteroids. We did talk a little bit about that. I did not know it was going to happen right on Valentine's Day. But according to NASA Asteroid Tracker, three of them um, flew by And uh, they are not close enough to to, uh, impact. I think it was like a... Let's see if we can find out how how far away they are. The first two arrived on 22 CF-3, estimated by NASA to be at most 47 meters wide, about the size of the monument in Paris. Um, Others are smaller and uh, will pass by, approximately, by Earth, 2.45 million kilometers. So they're pretty far away, Um, they say a healthy uh, distance from the Earth. So they're flying by, they talk about potential of uh, impacts, they talk about asteroids in the sea, and other interesting things. If you want to check that out, it's jpost.com backslash science backslash article hyphen 696295 The Jerusalem Post Valentine's Day Asteroid Trio set to swing by the Earth on the Day of Romance. This is crazy. This uh, dinosaur, a newly discovered crocodile in Australia, news dot sky dot com you can find out about it Samuel uh, Osborne tells us about the skeletal the skeletal remains of another dinosaur found inside of this crocodile basically he's frozen in time with his last meal right there inside of him Um, this new crocodile is uh, not only a new species of crocodile Um, found in uh, sheep station in Queensland and uh, they pieced together the crocodile and found the skeletal remains of a small juvenile uh, dinosaur a little ornithopod, inside his stomach Mm, delicious and uh, so he must have died of indigestion right okay so if you want to read about that you can and I think that is going to do it. Um, that is all I have for you today. Sorry I'm so late. I've been very busy working and uh, doing things, trying to save the world and all that good stuff. So I hope you had a great week. Until next time, remember, rockhounds don't die, they petrify.